Hey, and welcome back to the Food Freedom Simplified podcast. I am your coach, Michelle Payne. And I am your coach, Charlotte Yates. And we are here on a mission to educate and empower you to make long-lasting change with a few laughs along the way. In today's episode, we're going to talk mainly around food and nutrition. We have got some juicy questions in there, ranging from having breakfast, should we, shouldn't we, to vitamins, supplements, whether tea and coffee helps, and also some help for pre and postnatal mums as well. Before we kick off with today's episode, don't forget to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends and family too. Without any further ado, let's get on to today's episode. Okay, so here we go, right, with today's episode. But before we get cracking, I'm just going to paint you a little picture. So Charlotte can see what's going on, and I'm going to paint the picture Mm. for those that that cannot see me. Um, I'm currently camping with my two lovely daughters who are fast asleep. It is now 10 to 9 at night. Um, However, I'll tell you who's not fast asleep, the rest of the campsite. So every I'm outside, I'm sat on a picnic bench, and every Tom, Dick and Harry is going to be able to hear one side of the conversation. So depending on how down and dirty we're going to get with these questions <laughs> and answers, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how other people react. So let's, <laughs> without any further ado, let's get cracking, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so intrigued about the uh, the faces you're going to get now from from everyone on that campsite. I so know. I will try my best to uh, make some of these answers as funny as possible, so that we can just get a few funny looks for you, <laughs> <laughs> or ask me some ridiculous questions so I have to answer them. Noted. Right. Well, before we get on to the ridiculous questions, um, thank you so much for those of you that have sent your questions in. So we're going to get cracking, um, and we've got a few different ones to be honest. Some are but basically it's mostly food related and mostly weight loss related. So first one we've got is around breakfast and do you have to have breakfast in order to lose weight? So this question came in from somebody who had been told by a colleague at work that, well, if you don't eat breakfast, then you're not going to lose weight. Like you're just going to put weight on. And they've messaged me and gone, oh my God, is this true? Um, So we thought we would answer it for you in today's episode. So Michelle, do you want to kick off first on this one? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I've literally got so much to say about this. So (laughs) we are told from probably being kids before we go to school, you can't leave the house without having breakfast, you need to have breakfast, you need to have something that's going to fill you up. Um, Also, I think schools jumped on the bandwagon with this as well. And I think Joe Wicks did some stuff in schools. And I think Jamie Oliver did some stuff in schools with how important it is for them to eat breakfast, because it stimulates their brain power. However, there's loads of research that says that that is absolutely not true. I still agree that kids should still eat breakfast. Um, I definitely promote it with my kids. However, if they don't eat the whole bowl, it's okay because they're being mindful. Maybe they are distracted and then they will come back to food whenever they are hungry. Or if they're going to school, they've got to wait until their break time. Um, From a weight loss perspective, it's a little bit different because uh, I don't know what you're going to say about this Charlotte it's probably going to be very controversial which which could be good but me um, controversial never (laughs) (laughs) I I personally I don't eat breakfast so I don't normally have breakfast till anywhere from like 11 till 1 maybe however when I do start eating I'm eating I'm eating loads (laughs) all mostly good stuff I say as I'm camping and I've just had a marshmallow but everything in moderation um But breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. Every single meal is important. Every single thing that you put into your body is important. And there's no point in skipping breakfast or fasting or whatever you're going to call it tomorrow 
<laughs> if you're then gonna have shit for the rest of the day if you're then gonna eat you know three thousand pounds three thousand pounds three thousand calories worth of food in three hours or four hours or however long you're going to eat it in then there was no point in skipping breakfast you might as well have just had breakfast and then eaten sensibly throughout the day what do you think so for me this is probably the one where we're not going to be kind of controversial between each other um but for me it's a case of the whole government guideline of breakfast is the most important meal of the day is like michelle said absolute bullshit in my opinion and number one the one of the reasons why that came about is because there was some form of deal with i think it was kellogg's um so read into that what you will and also it like if you're gonna have a bowl of sugary cereal like there's so many things that you could have that are better if you are genuinely hungry in the morning like if you were genuinely hungry in the morning then cool have breakfast there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but if you're not hungry in the morning very much like me and Michelle then there's also nothing wrong with pushing that first meal of the day back because all your breakfast is is breaking that fast so it's whatever you have as your first meal of the day whether that's at six in the morning or one in the afternoon it's the same difference the other thing I would say as well is it's all dependent on you because if you're the sort of person that gets really really hungry by 11 o'clock if you don't have breakfast and then that means you're going to snack and graze on everything and potentially then eat eat more calories then yeah maybe having breakfast is good for you because it might just help those hunger levels and actually stop you from overeating at lunchtime Um, but also on the back of that let's just look at habits quickly um I'm very aware that we don't want to spend too long on this question (laughs) but um let's look at habits because are you skipping breakfast because you're genuinely not hungry or are you skipping breakfast because you're so ingrained in a habit of having coffee when you get up and that coffee then suppresses your appetite that you then don't have food because you're not hungry because the coffee stopped you from being hungry so you need to look at what you're doing and in what order and whether that is actually beneficial for your body and if you're not losing weight but you're having a coffee and then you know binge eating potentially in the evenings then you need to make some changes and you need to potentially eat more regularly throughout the day so honestly this we could bang on about this forever I'm sure yeah and I just one quick thing on that just like what you've just explained then about having the coffee and then eating loads at night was me and I was like I'm why am I like so hungry at night time I've had lunch I've had a couple of snacks and then I was like ah because I've woke up had coffee but then by the time I get to night time I'm so hungry and whatever I had just wouldn't fill me up um so yeah totally totally get that one um so moving on to the next one was how to stop snacking from boredom again like a million things we could say on this um I'll let you kick off first Michelle I think this has become more of a thing since lockdown. Um, A lot of people are working from home. A lot of people are potentially more bored because they were furloughed for a period of time. Um, And now they're snacking as more of a habit. I get this a lot with a lot of mums that I work with as well, because they are snacking because their kids are snacking and they are snacking because there's food in the house and it's interesting. And you go to the cupboard or you go to the fridge and you open the door 
before you've realized what you're doing you're not hungry you're bored you're opening the fridge because you're bored I do this all the time when I go to my mum's house I literally walk <laughs> through the door and the first thing I do is I open the fridge why the hell do I open the fridge when I go to my mum's house it's it's just a habit it's just ingrained and before you know it you're looking in the fridge and you're like well there's nothing interesting here shit why am I actually looking at this fridge but if there was something in <laughs> If there was something interesting in the fridge, you'd pick it out and you'd go, oh, this looks lovely. And then you'd start to feel hungry because you've seen it. It's like what shops mm. do. They they put stuff in front of you or they put stuff at kids' eyeline deliberately to be like, hey, you want me? Actually, you wouldn't have even thought about it. It's like Easter eggs. At this time of year, it's now July, end of July. And you don't think about Easter eggs in July, do you? Like I am now. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't. You think about Easter eggs at Easter time. Um, so it's the same. If you're eating better meals, if you're eating three good, two good, four good meals throughout the day, you're going to snack a lot less without even really thinking about it. Yeah. And I think the first thing as well, like to the person who sent this question in and to anybody else that feels like this as well, you've done that first step of actually recognizing that you're snacking out of boredom because to actually step back and realize that, Oh, actually I'm not hungry here. I'm, I'm bored. To me is that first step that I go through with clients when we're trying to figure out, you know, why these habits exist and a way to kind of break them down. Um, one of the, the things that, that really helped me with snacking with boredom, which is something that I do sometimes now, but used to do quite a lot is to figure out a list of things that I can do that are going to distract me from that. And sometimes it's just as simple, this is going to sound really dodgy, as having my hands busy and having mm-hmm. something to do. Like for me, one of the main things is like the adult coloring books. It sounds really yes. Okay, you do it as well, right? Yes. Good, happy days. But you get ingrained in it and you forget about it and you your hands are busy. If you're sitting there watching TV, you're probably going to snack more mind- mindlessly. So one of the main things that I think would be really helpful for you to do right now is to get a list together of things that you can do that you know are going to distract you and help you to kind of ride that wave, so to speak. Um, Don't create that list or try and think about it at the time. Get it done before so that you know that you've got a list of things that you can choose from and it takes that headspace away at the time. Yeah, for sure. And I also think without moving this onto emotional eating, think about Mm -hmm. why you're snacking. So are you snacking because you've had a rubbish day? Are you actually snacking because you're bored? Are you snacking because you feel lonely? Um, why, why are you snacking? This is something that I kind of a method. So it's a three-step method that I tend to use on my clients when thinking about snacking because snacking is a huge thing. And people mm. think that snacking is the reason they're putting weight on. Snacking isn't the reason you're putting weight on or isn't the reason that you're not losing weight. There could be so many other reasons and everybody's so different, but if it is that hand to mouth thing that you need, then that's fine. Just break it down. Think about what you can have that is going to be hand to mouth quite a lot. Something like popcorn or overnight oats that you can break into small bite sized pieces, much like from any supermarket when you get the Tupperware or the plastic containers when you've got the flapjacks and stuff, the little miniature flapjacks. Mm-hmm in it you can create your own healthier version of that some people hate the idea of having to bake or cook themselves which is fine you can still buy healthy snacks and you can just break them up and eat them in small chunks like if you're driving a lot you can you can do that so if you're driving before breakfast but actually you want to start eating breakfast then make something small that you can eat while you're driving um there's there's loads of different ways to look at this but right let's move on to the next question so next question is what vitamins and supplements should i take 
Charlotte, you hit it. So for me, anyone that is kind of blanket telling you, you should take this, you should take that, unless they are a medical doctor, um, be very, very careful because not many people can recommend what supplements somebody should be taking. The only one that is recommended by the NHS in England at the moment is um, vitamin D for the majority of adults um, because we don't get the sunlight in, but we don't get enough sunlight over here, um, especially in the winter months. But things like um, fish oil or B12, that will be dependent on you, your diet. You know, if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, um, vegetarian, not so much, but if you're vegan, potentially. Um, but the best thing to do, if you're not sure, please, please, please do not use those like testing kits that you get online because they're, yeah, they're rubbish and, yeah exactly like if you think you are deficient in something then see your doctor and get an actual real test um and only then would somebody be able to recommend supplements for you the other one that i think is a good one to look into but again i am not recommending this um it's just purely what i take myself is creatine it is one of if not the most researched supplements out there um, not only for performance but also for so many things um, within the body but it's it's worth looking into that but again it's down to you it's down to your preferences and I think by the look of your face Michelle you also take creatine as well is that right yeah absolutely it's like one of my daily rituals yeah for sure I definitely take creatine <laughs> um th- so there's there's three that I would suggest as well um vitamin d is definitely one of them um you can take a multivitamin but it doesn't have as much vitamin d as the vitamin d on its own mm-hmm. but I'm obviously I'm not a doctor but I'm going to tell you what I know about vitamin d is that we all have vitamin d within us and taking the tablet or the um supplement however you're going to take it liquid form whatever doesn't actually give you vitamin d it just if you imagine that the vitamin d inside you is um like dull it just highlights the vitamin d and it brightens it so that your body is actually using it so that's what the supplements do and this is something that i learned from another podcast which um i will link in the notes show notes below so that you can also then listen to that one um but it's really really interesting because it's one that our body naturally produces but if you're not exposed to the sunlight or if you're not eating the foods which are rich in it you're not going to see and feel the benefits from it um the other one is whey protein so this is a supplement is really 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 good for vegans and vegetarians um there's pea protein there's, there's loads of different types of ones but for me whey isolate protein is definitely one of the best it's more gentle on your tummy so if you do have things like ibs it's definitely something that i suggest to my clients that have got um any kind of bowel issues um and it's a really really good addition so if you are struggling to increase your protein content I also use it a lot with my clients who aren't consuming enough food that need to consume more food but have real negative relationships around food and it's really hard for them to fathom consuming more food but we actually need to get their protein up to reach their targets then it's something that I use with them quite a lot as well so creatine for sure Every single day I take three tablets. I know some people take it in powder form, but I take tablets. powder. Yeah. Yeah. The tablets work really well. Um, and it doesn't matter when in the day you take them from the research that I've done. You can take them whenever you want. Um, but I, I would suggest having some breaks from it because again, from research that I've done myself, so please do your own, but I would suggest much like a holiday. So just have a holiday mm. from creatine every now and again, just, just let your 
your gut settle a little bit from it yeah I mean with the the IBS side of things and protein like so I I have IBS myself and when it flares up oh my god it is an absolute nightmare like the pain is unreal and I remember once I had like um just a normal whey protein it wasn't the isolate and I mixed it with Greek yogurt this was like before I was trained in nutrition so I didn't realize quite how much protein was was in that one serving and oh my god I was like doubled over in pain and I was like why is this so painful so I now unless I'm I can bake with um whey protein but if I'm drinking it purely from a taste perspective and also from a stomach issue perspective um I use the my protein clear isolate um in watermelon and I absolutely love it um it's like squash there we go yeah (laughs) so yeah I think they're probably the ones that we would suggest but as we've both said do your own research um and yeah consult your doctor if you think that you are deficient in any vitamins or minerals amazing cool so next we have an interesting one um can tea or coffee help me lose weight so Michelle, this was from one of your, not from one of your clients, but from one of your ladies, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So I got this message over on Instagram um, from somebody called Nikki underscore H. Um, she asked this question. Um, she's actually now signed up as a client as well, which is amazing. But this is a question which I get quite a lot when you start a new diet or a new program is how much tea and coffee am I allowed? Or is it something that's going to help me to lose weight? And let's be honest, everything in moderation. I never, ever, ever, ever tell my clients that if you consume tea or coffee that you have to stop. There is no research that says tea and coffee makes you gain weight. There's none that says it helps you to lose weight. However, the caffeine in coffee can help to increase your basal metabolic rate. So it can help you to burn calories a little bit quicker saying that if your body is accustomed to it if if caffeine is something that you drink all the time um it's going to be less effective if you have never drank coffee before and you start drinking it or you have a break from it and then you start drinking it again so it's going to have more of an effect on your body if you're consuming it you know less often however um there are there's a lot of research about green tea and green tea extracts saying that that is good i know a lot of people in the fitness and nutrition industry who do recommend and suggest having green tea extract to start your day um but again it's not something that i do because we charlotte and i both promote and live by the fact that you don't have to take supplements you don't have to eat certain foods you can live a normal lifestyle and still lose weight and and be healthy and and happy yeah and I think with the whole green tea thing for me there's not enough real solid unbiased evidence out there around that side of things um and also, you know, the, the small, small amount that, that coffee could potentially increase your metabolic rate could be outweighed by the fact that if you have a really milky coffee like I do, I do like a latte, well, that's going to contain more calories than a straight black coffee, right? So for me, forget about all of this. Oh, but it's going to increase my metabolism by X amount. Like in the grand scheme of things, you don't need to worry about that. Like, <laughs> it's going to be the, the calorie side of things in terms of 
are you in a calorie deficit? Are you in a calorie surplus? If you're in a surplus, you're, you're going to gain weight. If you're in a deficit, you're going to lose weight. Now, it's, it is as simple as that. Doesn't necessarily mean it's easy because just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy because of all the other stuff that comes with weight loss. Um, but the most important thing is that if you are drinking tea and coffee, that's fine. If you're looking to lose weight, and let's say you're tracking calories, for example, just be aware of the amount of milk that you're putting into it, because obviously that is going to count towards the amount of calories that you have. And remembering that liquid calories in things like drinks and oil do still count to the amount of calories that you have every single day. Yeah, definitely. Also, let's quickly touch on the fact that the caffeine and coffee and cafe industry is absolutely massive. Costa <laughs> Coffee, Starbucks, Cafe Nero, they are anywhere and everywhere um and if you're not ordering like different types of milk coffees or if you're ordering the standard coffees that come over the counter or you're having a frappuccino or you're having a an iced coffee or a I don't even know like whatever it is that you're choosing there are so many calories in a Costa coffee medium hot chocolate there is something ridiculous like 350 calories which is mind-blowing but they use full fat milk and the chocolate that's in there um, and sometimes I think they even give it to you with a marshmallow as well. So like, guys, there's so many calories and you're just drinking it. Would you not rather eat it? Personally, I would much rather have a cake for 350 calories than a hot chocolate. I might be by myself here, but that, I would definitely, <laughs> would rather, I definitely would rather eat it. Um, no, I absolutely would rather eat it. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like knowing those little things that you can still have your, you know, if you go out for a coffee at the weekend, that's fine. But maybe just having those tweaks, like for me, rather than ordering ordering a standard um like latte at costa for example i'll have a skinny sugar free version because i know that's going to be less calories and it's also going to be less sugar from the syrup as well so obviously it's better for my teeth and all of that sort of stuff um yeah. so it's knowing those little tweaks as well isn't it i think but we are going off on a tangent on that question i know but, but while, we're doing. On, <laughs> while we're on while we're on coffee and making it sustainable yeah um i i honestly don't think i could live without costa so i <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm keeping them in business myself. So I reckon I have a Costa every other day, probably not every day, but every other day. And I have um, a coconut milk latte, medium takeaway all the time. That is my go-to. But I know that it is around 120, 121 calories. Mm. Um, and that is my morning snack. So I know that that's accounted for in my calories and I'm totally okay with that. But just to make you aware that you can still have these things if you yeah. enjoy a costa if you enjoy a coffee if you enjoy a cup of tea and it, it's fine have it completely have it but just know how it's impacting your day much like alcohol we're going to kind of go off on a little tangent here really quickly before the last question um but much like alcohol if you want to have alcohol i never promote it to any of my clients but if you want to have alcohol it's fine but just know that it's completely empty calories it's not going to provide you with anything it's got carbohydrates if you've got cocktails it's probably going to have fat and sugar and like loads of other stuff in it as well so you need to understand what that is substituted for food so if you still want to stay in that deficit how much food are you not going to have to have your alcohol and also when you're then intoxicated are you less likely to make better decisions because of the intoxication <laughs> no so, one's choosing an apple if they're half cut are they I'm sorry right? you're gonna go and get a donna kebab aren't you let's be honest yep. um so yeah that's that's bear that in mind right last question 
Um, Before we do move on to that last question, sorry. Yes. Just just a little tip for well for you, but also for anybody else that is coffee obsessed like me and Michelle. Um, mm-hmm. I also love a Costa. I have one today. Um, this podcast is not sponsored by Costa, but maybe <laughs> talk about it. Maybe it should be. Um, but the best thing I ever spent, the best fifty quid I ever spent, was getting a, a coffee machine. I think it's a Dolce Gusto one. And the Costa coffee pods, because it's literally like having a Costa coffee, but at home. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, makes it a lot. I mean, I've still got one today, but still. However, from a calorie point of view, bear in mind that there are more calories in that than there is in instant coffee. So, again, if you are tracking your calories, which you don't need to do to lose weight, but if you are tracking your calories, then bear that in mind. Yes, there we go. Right. We have hammered that point home, I think, in terms of the tea and coffee (laughs) side of things. So, um, yeah, let's move on. Right, last question. So um, this is a question I got. I'm a new mum. I hate my mum tum. How do I get rid of it and fast? Do you want to go first, Charlotte? Can do. So number one, like this, this is so sad that you're using the phrase I hate my mum tum because it's easy for me to say because, you know, I'm sat here and I don't have that worry at the moment because I've not had children. Um but think about the fact that the reason you have got that quote unquote mom tum is because you've given birth and you've been so lucky in the fact that you've been able to have a child. There is people out there that would absolutely love to have that problem right now. However, that does not make it any easier for you. And I totally get that. Um, there's a lot of things we could go into on this, you know, like, can you spot reduce and, and all of that sort of stuff. Um we can't spot reduce, you know, if we can't target inner thighs, we can't target the stomach in terms of losing fat. So side note, when you see those fat burning workouts that target your inner thighs, mm-hmm. it's, it's ball. Like it doesn't exist. Um, it's just a selling technique. Um, but I mean, Michelle, you know, you're pre and postnatal and, you know, a specialist in this sort of area. So I'm going to leave the floor to you for, for the majority of this one, I think. Yeah, cool. And and being a mum myself, I have yeah. <laughs> dealt with the um the pressure that comes with it. And I will call it pressure because mm. you do get a lot of I don't know, focus after you've had a child and while you're pregnant and people look at you differently. Um and also you look at yourself differently. Your body is going through a lot when you are pregnant and your body is going through a lot when you're not pregnant in that first six months I mean up to 12 months up to two years if you're still breastfeeding your body is going through so much so please be kind to yourself and do not do what I did with my first child and get back into exercise far too quickly um if you haven't already listened please listen to my getting to know Michelle and you will hear more about that on there um but you will see that when you look in a mirror you might not be happy with yourself, which means you need to do something, okay? So you, right now, you need to do something. And the first and most important thing you can do is to look at your nutrition. Depending on how far postpartum you are, you may not be looking to introduce any kind of exercise yet. Just make sure that you get your clearance from your doctor. Also be cautious of what kind of birth you've had and if you had any signs and symptoms or diagnosis during your uh, pregnancy. So whether you had any pelvic floor issues, Um, whether you had any pelvic girdle pain whatever it is that you went through Um, and if you are going to be doing exercise try and get your little one involved as well because 
your little ones, even from being so, 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 so young, they pick up and they learn from you. So let them learn from you. Um, but focus on your nutrition. So speak to one of us, reach out. Um, this person I've actually sent a private DM to because I do genuinely want to help them a little bit more. Um, and I've given them some more nutritional guidelines and some more nutritional help. But basically, you need to look at what you're eating before you can make a change to it. You need to look at what you're eating, how much you're eating, how often you're eating. As a new mum, you're probably not eating often enough. And if you are, you're probably eating cold food and you're probably not enjoying it. Um, or you're, you've got a, I know from memory when I was a new mum, I would be breastfeeding and I would have a kitchen towel over my child and then be eating with one hand. And the amount of food that dropped on that kitchen towel note to any new mums out there please put the kitchen towel down because otherwise you'll find like bits of chocolate croissant and all sorts down the baby grow when you take it off so please <laughs> so please put like a napkin or something over your child while you're <laughs> while you're eating otherwise you're going to drip like hot spaghetti bolognese on them and stuff it's just not kind um and um look at your portion size as well because if your husband or partner or somebody else is cooking for you it's likely that they might be giving you too much or too little food um so try to learn to love yourself and love your body it's been through a lot you have been through a lot so just please be kind to yourself and don't be drawn into this whole I've got to get back into my pre- pregnancy genes and I've got to get back into this outfit or I've got a wedding next week and my baby's six weeks postpartum I should look amazing I want to look amazing no people aren't expecting you to look amazing you might be expecting yourself to look amazing but that's what sucky and tights are for so just go down to Tesco's, <laughs> go, down to Tesco's and go grab some sucky and tights you'll be fine um but just it's more of a mindset thing so you need to understand that your body has changed and is going to continue to change so just just be a little bit kind to yourself you know what like 100% agree with everything you just said and and not to get on the whole patriarchy situation but it's these sort of conversations where it just makes you realize as women like the the pressure and actually what you have to go through in order to to have a child and that's not just the birth but it's everything that comes before and after that um and this pressure to get back into a certain pair of jeans or look a certain way is is one of them um like and also lean on that support network if you've got family friends colleagues like a partner that can support you don't be afraid to like talk to them and tell them how you're feeling as well because if they're mums as well then the chances are like Michelle's just said they're going to know exactly how you're feeling um to lean into that support network as well yeah and also there's so many groups out there there's so many um mum and baby and buggy groups and and so many things that if you do want to get fit and you have been signed up by your doctor that you can get involved in I run a mum and baby boot camp and I've got loads of postnatal mums that come also there's some um prenatal who are signed on to some of the next couple of courses that I'm doing as well so there's always things for you to do just speak to your midwife speak to the NHS um if you're signed on to any of those programs before you have your baby they will be able to direct you in you know in line with people that can help you to get fit and stay fit while you are pregnant and also post baby as well amazing well thank you so much for your questions that you sent in um, just a reminder that if you do want to send in your questions for next week's q a 
then make sure to either leave a message below here if you're listening on Spotify or you can send me or Michelle a DM over on Instagram. We have linked the Instagram um, profiles down for you in the show notes. So feel free to click on those and send us any question you want. Don't forget to join us again on Monday where we will be talking all of the things that you can do to help you if you feel like you've fallen off track. If you feel like every single weekend is where you jump in the fuck it bucket and then you find every single Monday you're having to start again. And also the stigma around the whole falling off track, the fact that there are no tracks particularly to fall off. And we're going to tell you exactly why and exactly how to create that in your lifestyle. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We love to chat all things nutrition, mindset and everything in between. So if you've got any questions, you can drop us a message over on Instagram. I can be found at Collective Health UK. And I can be found at Michelle underscore motivates underscore. We release a brand new Q&A episode every single Monday. So get your questions in. No question is too silly and we can always leave it anonymous. And we will catch you at the next one.